Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to search the Scriptures with us as we pursue the topic which was dearest to the heart of Jesus, his favorite theme, namely the Gospel about the Kingdom of God. Have you ever stopped to ask yourself, what was the Gospel as Jesus preached it? What is the foundation of the Christian faith, the absolute rock-solid basis for your faith in Jesus? What is the gospel which you must believe in order to become part of Christ, part of his body, in order to inherit salvation in the kingdom when Jesus comes back? I wonder if you ever thought of studying that issue by beginning at the beginning of our New Testament. Now, of course, a knowledge of the Old Testament is absolutely essential for understanding the meaning of the gospel also. But if we want to concentrate specifically on the message of the kingdom of God, the gospel message as it came from the lips of Jesus, there's no better place to start than with the ministry of John the Baptist, who introduced Jesus as the gospel preacher par excellence. Now, it's a fact that's sometimes forgotten that John the Baptist himself announced exactly the same message as Jesus later delivered to his audiences. And that message is found for us introduced in Matthew chapter 3, and verse 2. I want to suggest to you that if you want to get to the rock-bottom foundation of your faith as a Christian, there's no better place to begin than at the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew. Now, leaving aside, of course, the birth narratives for a moment, which are, of course, a study on their own, let's start with the Gospel message as John the Baptist introduced it in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 2. In fact, so that we do not lose an iota of important information, we should perhaps begin in the very first verse of Matthew 3. Now, in those days, we read, John the baptizer came heralding in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven is approaching. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, let's note carefully both the content of the message of John the Baptist, where he preached it, and the exact words that he used to deliver his message. John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. That's an area at the north part of the Dead Sea, west of the Jordan, a region which recently became famous because of the discovery there of the Qumran or Essene writings. John the Baptist was in that very unpopulated area, close to the Jordan River, on the east side of the area of Judea. So imagine, if you would, this Elijah-like figure appearing there in a camel-hair coat and eating locusts and wild honey with a leather girdle around his waist. And here was his message, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, in the study of any document, it is absolutely essential to get hold of the meaning of the fundamental terms of that document. Nothing could be more primary, more absolutely indispensable to our understanding than a grasp of the meaning of this fundamentally important phrase, the kingdom of heaven. So what does it mean? Well, I'm glad to tell you that the context in Matthew 3 defines it for us very clearly, even if we had no knowledge of the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. Now, the Hebrew Bible, in fact, supplies just the sort of answers we need to our question about the nature of the kingdom of heaven. But in case we should not have that knowledge from the Old Testament, we can discern the meaning of the kingdom of heaven by simply looking at the context given us very brilliantly, I may say, in Matthew's account 
of the opening ministry here of John the Baptist. So what are the clues that we find in this context to the meaning of this all-important and essential message about the kingdom of heaven? Well, down in verse 7 of Matthew 3, we read this. When John the Baptist saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees, those were the two major religious parties in the days of Jesus, of course, when he saw the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, which he had commanded, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? From that text I discern that the message about the approach of the kingdom of heaven stretches our minds forward to the day of wrath, the day of the Lord. Now there's a strong element of judgment, even of threat, of menace, in this message about the kingdom of heaven as delivered by John. In verse 10, John went on to say, The axe is already laid at the root of the trees, and every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Then John went on in verse 11 to say that he was baptizing with water for repentance, but he who was coming after me, namely the Messiah Jesus, is mightier than I, said John, and I'm not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. With Holy Spirit, of course, in the positive sense, and fire in this context is defined by the next verse. The Messiah's winnowing fork, or shovel, is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clear his threshing floor, and he will gather the wheat into the barn, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Here we have laid before us in the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom of heaven, or kingdom of God, and those terms are absolutely indistinguishable in the New Testament, there's no difference at all in their meaning. In that gospel, we have laid before us the future destiny of mankind, either to be granted entrance into the barn of the kingdom of God as wheat, or alternatively to be burned up tragically as the chaff destroyed in the fire of hell. So I think we can see quite clearly that the kingdom of heaven gospel, which John the Baptist introduced in Matthew 3, verse 2, lays before us two alternative destinies. It stretches our minds forward to the yet future day of the Lord. And, of course, that day of the Lord had been described in multiple passages in the Hebrew Bible in the Old Testament as being a day of ultimate salvation for those who are faithful to God and a day of judgment and perdition for those who are not. And so John the Baptist is taking up the very theme then that all the prophets of the Hebrew Bible had espoused, that theme of a coming great day of division and separation between the good and the bad. The good were to be ushered into the barn, which is the kingdom of God of the future, and the wicked were to be destroyed like chaff and burned up in fire. Now, nothing could be more important than getting this foundational statement about the gospel as it came from the lips of John the Baptist. Well, you may say, John the Baptist was a preacher in the old covenant style and not really a preacher of the Christian message. I don't think that can be supported from the New Testament. In Luke 16, verse 16, we find that Jesus said, Since the time of John the Baptist, the gospel about the kingdom of God has been preached. John was part of the new order, transitional if you like, but nevertheless the one who introduced the very same gospel that Jesus himself made the foundation of all of his teaching. Let's turn immediately to that point. 
skipping over for a moment the earlier part of chapter 4, which is the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness by Satan, we come to chapter 4 and verse 17, a critically important juncture in our understanding of the Christian gospel. From that time, we read in Matthew 4 verse 17, Jesus began to herald or preach and say, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand or approaching. Now, the kingdom of heaven had already been defined in the third chapter as being the time in the future, the day of the Lord, when God would make a decisive distinction between the good and the bad, between the righteous and the wicked. Now, Jesus takes up exactly that same message. The Christian message, therefore, is a challenge to us to face the future, to face the future with courage and to make the right decision. And making the right decision means submitting ourselves to the word and the gospel, the message and the words of Jesus Christ, who announced the gospel of the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God and commanded us to repent in view of that great fact of the future, the coming of the kingdom of God at the day of the Lord. What, of course, we now know to be the second coming of Jesus. Right from the very start of our gospel, then, the foundation of the gospel is shown to have a strong orientation towards the future, towards the day in which Jesus is going to return as God's spokesman and divide the wicked from the good. That's the foundation of the Christian gospel. Now, some may immediately react by saying, well, I thought the gospel is about the resurrection of Jesus and about the death of Jesus. Now, that, of course, is absolutely true. But the death and the resurrection of Jesus are signs pointing towards the day of judgment. Our belief in Jesus and his death and resurrection are the means by which we are propelled forward to the great future so that we may gain a position in that kingdom of God, which is the destiny for which God created all of us. But obviously in the gospel message as Jesus preached it, we're being invited first to believe in that future kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God. Then we may prepare ourselves by believing in all the rest of the teaching of Jesus, which is built on that solid foundation of the gospel about the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God. You see, the kingdom of God is the axis around which all of Jesus' teaching revolves. kingdom of God is the master text, the master thesis of Jesus. It's the master idea, his slogan. The kingdom of God is the idea in which the genius of Jesus' Christian faith is concentrated. It would be hard to exaggerate the importance of Matthew 4, verse 17, for our understanding of Jesus and the faith which he presents to us. We read there that Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven is near. Negatively, then, we turn away from our sins, and positively we turn towards the kingdom of God and establish that as our horizon, our new orientation point, fully grasping then that the kingdom of heaven is the kingdom promised by the prophets of the Old Testament, which will be established when Jesus returns in power and glory. I want to emphasize that the content of Jesus' preaching is given us by Matthew in exactly the same words that were used in connection with John the Baptist in Matthew 3, verse 2. And so you see, Jesus aligned himself completely with John. Just like John, he proclaimed the coming of the kingdom. 
the near approach of the day of the Lord. Now, the day of the Lord meant judgment for the wicked and salvation and rescue and immortality for those who were found faithful to God when the day of the Lord arrived. The coming of the kingdom, then, means nothing less than God's final decisive intervention in world history. Jesus said that the kingdom of God was near. He did not say it was here. Jesus did not say that the kingdom of God had arrived, but that it was on the horizon, meaning, of course, that we should prepare with all urgency for the arrival of the great day, because the decision as to whether we should be ushered into the kingdom or rejected from it would be taken on that great day of the Lord coming. Now, it's important to say that the kingdom of God message was not merely Jesus' distinctive message at the beginning of his ministry. It remained as the content of his heralding right to the very end of his ministry. And I might add, it continued in the preaching of the apostles throughout the New Testament period. I've written a book on this issue of the kingdom of God. I'd be happy to send you a free copy. Please request it from us by using the telephone number to be given at the end of this program. Remember always that Jesus was a Jew who must be studied, if we want to know him really, who must be studied in his first century Jewish context. In the Kingdom of God book, I go through the various texts which deal with the kingdom preaching and show that it was the heart of the gospel as Jesus preached it. Remember to check these findings carefully in your Bible at home and join us again as we continue our investigation of Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God.